Support for WIPR's podcasts comes from Brightview Senior Living. Since 1999, Brightview has proudly served Greater Baltimore with vibrant, independent living, assisted living, memory care, and enhanced care. Find a community near you at brightviewseniorliving.com. I love, you know, getting to see the sights, but also all the moments where no matter what's on your checklist, the checklist goes wrong. Something, something is not quite what you expected, and, and you get to have a different experience than the one you were planning. Oh, no. You shouldn't have done that. That goes right through your skin. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Stoop Storytelling Series podcast. I'm Laura Wexler. And I'm Jessica Hinken. This week on the podcast, Strange New Worlds, two tales from adventurers who find themselves on a voyage to parts unknown. Before we get started, we want to thank our sponsor, the Park School of Baltimore, which is a pre-K through grade 12 school located right outside of the city. It's an awesome place to learn. So this first storyteller is Sarah Pinsker, and she is a double threat. So she is a writer and a singer-songwriter. As a writer, she's the author of the Nebula Award-winning novel, A Song for a New Day, and the Philip K. Dick Award-winning collection, Sooner or Later, Everything Falls into the Sea. And then as a singer-songwriter, she toured nationally behind two solo albums and one with her band, The Stalking Horses. So the story she um, shares now is about a gig that she got as a result of her being a writer and songwriter, and what a surreal experience it was. In 2016, I was invited to perform at a festival in Beijing. And this was exciting for several reasons. Uh, One, I was invited as both a musician and a science fiction writer. And I don't always get invited to one thing with both hats on, and I really like when they collide. The festival itself sounded really cool. It was a uh, a chance to. Uh, it was a music, arts, and technology festival. They were billing it as Coachella meets South by Southwest, with panels and all kinds of things. And uh, it was going to be in the desert outside of Beijing. It sounded super cool. All expenses paid. And um, the the other thing is just that that I I love travel. I love. I love, you know, getting to see the sights, but also all the moments where no matter what's on your checklist, the checklist goes wrong. Something, something is not quite what you expected and, and you get to have a different experience than the one you were planning. So I set off with this uh, excited attitude. I, was, I really wanted this experience. It was going to be great. And I have to admit that, that I landed with less excitement. I, um, I, I had a not a great trip. I wasn't feeling well. The jet lag that I started and did not lose was the worst I'd ever felt. I felt completely upside down. My back was killing me from the from the plane, and um, it, so it started off a little rough. I couldn't find my the person who was supposed to meet me at the airplane uh, at the airport. It started off rough, and um, I'm gonna fast forward through the trip which also involves not uh my hotel didn't actually exist yet minor detail but but eventually got some sleep got a knock on the door the the next morning from my uh my student volunteer slash handler gracia who was very helpful 
but she was knocking bright and early because it was time to go to the festival. I thought I had an extra day because my I wasn't actually performing until the next day, but she uh, she wanted to go see the, the festival itself. And and so so we were we were going to go check it out on the first day that we were there and and off we went and we get there and and like I said, I'm exhausted. I'm 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 not feeling it. And I have to admit, I was a little underwhelmed. Like it turned out that the desert they were talking about was actually a, a film set that they used to film deserts in movies. So it wasn't a real desert. And it was it was a little less impressive than what I was expecting. There weren't a ton of people there. Um, there were stages here and there that were getting set up. And uh, so, so we start wandering around and checking out the music and looking at what there is to see. And I say, is there, can we grab some food? And she said, oh, Sarah, you can't eat any. Uh, Gracia said, said, Sarah, you can't eat any of the food here. It's not vegetarian. Um, you, you can't eat it. We're gonna, we'll, we'll call the hotel and have them send you food. Uh, which started a several hour process of trying to get me food at the festival. Meanwhile, we wander around some more, we hear some music, uh, we spend a few hours looking at this and that, and, and I, I gradually learned that what Gracia is really excited about was the technology tent. So we walk over to the, the technology tent, I don't know what to expect there, and it turns out to be a whole bunch of different things going on inside this great big tent. Uh, there, there are some cool technologies. There's a guitar that uh, can teach you how to play guitar. It's, it's got like a tutor built into it. Uh, there were a bunch of robots that did different things. And then the main attraction was just tons of different uh, VR attractions, all, all kinds of different VR experiences and games, uh, most of which seem to involve a lot of shooting and zombies. So Gracia says she wants to play the VR games and I say I'm going to watch her because I'm still not feeling well and I watch her play one game after another and she chases zombies and zombies chase her and she chases monsters and monsters chase her and finally she stops and she says Sarah you need to play one of these games just pick one pick one you have to play a game and I know that I was kind of sitting things out so so at the same time I, I don't like zombies and I'm not big on all those murder games and I had already seen an eight-year-old uh, get wired into one of these machines and then pull over the entire contraption because he was so excited and trying to get away from zombies. I didn't want to be that person either. So, so I looked around and I saw one game in the corner that nobody was playing and I said that one will go in the corner I'll play that game and we go over there and they strap me into the the goggles and the headphones and the gloves and all of a sudden I was in space and it was just this vast star field nothing around no instructions they didn't tell me what I was supposed to be doing and I start walking and I have to push stars out of the way to walk they're very dense and I discovered that, that different pressures do different things to them so you can kind of plink them out of the way you can throw them out of the way you can push them and then I started noticing they make different sounds when you touch them. And so I'm playing the different stars and trying to make music. And I'm still moving forward, looking for the thing I'm supposed to look for. And I can't find anything. I can't find anything. I'm still looking. But the journey is pretty fun, too, because there's music involved and I'm into it. And I finally had the thought to look around. And I stopped and I looked over my shoulder. And when I looked over my shoulder, there was a little old man putting a baby to bed in the moon. 
And that was it. That was actually the story. When you found that, that was the end of the experience. And it strangely felt very complete. Like, like I felt like I had, I had been through that journey and I had found the thing I needed and it was a complete arc and it was beautiful and profound. And I was so tired and so hungry. We stepped out of the technology tent and we were on a different planet because the sun had set and the festival had begun proper and all of the art exhibits were up. All of the installations were now lit up. There were giant space snake skeletons you could walk through and there was something called the future garden that was playing music and you touched different parts of it. And there was an enormous planet that you could touch and move your hands around and you would change the storms on its face. The main stage itself looked like a ship that had crashed into the desert. And I felt like I was in a real desert now, but it looked like a, a ship had crashed into the desert and the bands were playing by the dying light of the engines. It was, I, was, I, I had this holy hunger and this holy exhaustion and I was on a different planet. Gracia took my hand and led me through a gap in the fence and we found ourselves in the area where the crew and volunteers were. And she handed me to a group of people who were standing there in the dark, listening to the music. And she said, I'm going to go find your food. And she disappeared and she left me with these strangers. And one of them leaned over and she had a bag in front of her and she, she held it up to me and it was full of steamed buns, just plain old steamed buns. And it was the best bite of anything I've ever had. But I bit into that steamed bun and I sat down on the grass with these volunteers and we could still hear the bass pulsing. And I suddenly realized this was the experience that I was looking for. I had been through the stars. I had landed on a strange planet. And then I had come back and I was sitting in a desert with a bunch of volunteers listening to music. And this was the experience. And everything after that was wonderful. But I just needed that, that total reset of being to another planet and back. That's my story. Thank you. Story has so many elements that are not part of our new COVID world. <laughs> yeah, like visiting China. Yeah, traveling, you know, eating in public places. <laughs> yeah, in a communal way. Yeah, it's uh, it's beautiful. I love this story and just the strangeness of it, right? That she thought it was going to be this huge festival. It seemed like this very provisional thing in the desert, and the desert was really just like a patch of sand and then all these, yeah, just the bewilderment of nothing being quite what you thought it would be. And then just being willing to roll with that uh, is, I love that story for that reason. Before we get on to the next storyteller, we wanna thank Golden West, a vegan Southwestern restaurant on the Avenue in Hamden. Please support them. They've been feeding people throughout the pandemic and would love to have you check out their food and Baltimore Magazine. You can find them online at baltimoremagazine.com and on the newsstand. So this next storyteller is Eric Morrison, who spent the first decade of his adult life recording and touring with uh, his indie rock band, Home. So similar to Sarah. Um, he also participates in and produces a number of projects, including something called the 100% Storms Ensemble, which is a faux orchestra focused on cinematic instrumental work. So we should say maybe what a faux orchestra is. So this is like his attempt to, so he writes orchestral music, but he 
isn't in the position to have a full orchestra at his beck and call. So he has friends come over and record all the different parts, donate their time, and then he creates the orchestral sound through the power of production. So this, um, which this is now the, very common in COVID. This is like yeah, a, yeah, was, that's right. That before that, yeah, he was OG on this. Um, <laughs> and this is a story about an adventure he goes on uh, where he just goes deep into a passion, which I think I've said I'd love. Um, but this is really a wonderful story of him combining two great loves in his life. <clears throat> I play in a band called Home. Uh, we're from Florida and then New York, but when David Bowie passed, Natasha asked us if we would do a, uh, tribute show at, uh, Creative Alliance, and, um, it was a wonderful experience, us and, uh, a lot of great local Baltimore people, and it was sort of the beginning of our, uh, recording of Home 18, which is, uh, our new record that came out four years later. Sometimes it takes a little while. Um, But anyway, um, she's literally the best. And uh, she brought us here and she helped us record the record. And it's, she's wonderful. So thinking about this theme, a story came to me from long ago. We were kind of big in the 90s and uh, Home was out on tour with uh, Flaming Lips in Europe, and uh, we had a show in uh, Amsterdam at the Paradiso, which was just so exciting for us. We played a decent show. It was okay. Um, and then between our set and the uh, Flaming Lip set, <clears throat> we went backstage, and there was somebody that was handling any drug needs that one might have. Because <laughs> there were a lot of people there, you know. You need somebody to handle that kind of thing. Uh, And they were doing this and that. And somebody had a small vial of liquid that they spilled. And I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. Let me clean that up. And, And I didn't know what it was until I saw the look on the face of the person. And it was horror. He was like... Oh, no, you shouldn't have done that. That goes right through your skin. So so it was the best night of the Flaming Lips, to be clear. Like, because they had the, the circular screen, and it was all just like Wizard of Oz footage, and it was wonderful. And then the rest of the night... I was just in the hotel room wondering what the TV was. Because <laughs> it was very scary. But, <clears throat> so anyway, that that was, you know, my night of stupidity in the world of indie rock. Thank you very much. can be heard on Spotify. He's Eric D as in David Morrison. And the album's title is A Commencement Symphony for the Voyagers 2 and 1. It was just um, 
uploaded in November of this year. So, so we'll give you a taste of that um, in the closing seconds of our episode here. And we want to thank the Wine Source on Elm Avenue in Hamden for being a great supporter of the podcast. And we want to thank Maureen Harvey for producing it. You can find us at stoopstorytelling.com. You can find our podcast wherever you get your audio content. And we'll see you next week. And here is Eric Morrison and the 100% Storms Ensemble with their tribute to the Voyager. Mm-hmm.